Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Radio. This is your host tonight, Nick Polak, and I am not joined by Bill DeFilippo because, that's right, the Puck Podcast is back. As always, I am joined by the wonderful, the brilliant, the goodest Mr. Doug Leeson. Doug, how you doing tonight? I am doing very, very, very well for a reason I think you're about to say. Oh, yes. It's going to be an extra, extra special Puck Podcast because we finally finally were able to wrangle in the very goodest hockey girl in the entire universe and that would be miss caitlin dividock div how are you tonight oh i'm i'm spending my night with you nick so i'm great oh, oh <laughs> that's oh man all right div may have just overtaken doug is the best part of this podcast that's impossible she did before she came on <laughs> uh, so we are <laughs> We, we are here tonight to discuss a recent, somewhat encouraging, somewhat predictable uh, series split against Michigan. Um, this past weekend, Penn State took a game over Michigan with a 5-4 overtime winner from uh, James Robinson. Or sorry, well, Blake James, Gober. Yeah. Um, well, Robinson was the yeah. one who threw the puck on. And then Gobert yes. kind of like kneaded in. Um, but Penn State took the first <laughs> game in overtime against Michigan on Friday by a final of 5-4. to four. Uh, Michigan did get their revenge on Saturday with, from what I imagined, was a pretty deflated arena after the Penn State football team lost to Ohio State. But Michigan took a 5-2 win in that one to earn the split. Still, considering Penn State was coming off that disappointing series against AIC the weekend before, not a bad effort overall. Doug, you were at both games. What do you have to say mm. about them? Well, that's the, I did. Oh no, you were only the, at one uh, of them. Second that's game. Right. Yeah, but um, I mean, if the series went how both of us expected, it was a win on Friday, a loss on Saturday. The one thing that we didn't predict was that we did not destroy Ohio State by by seven tutties. But um, I don't know. It was a good series, especially on Friday night. That was one of the more fun games I've been to at Pagula um Penn State needed that late goal in the last what I think minute and 32 seconds by Berger to tie the game and then Gober finished it off 50 seconds into overtime and Godowski mentioned uh after both games that this was the this was the happiest he's been with the team's play win or lose because the way they lost to AIC was you know they didn't play true to their identity but they brought that back and you know crashed the net tough board plays tough in front of the net and kind of everything Penn state does well. They did well in this series, even though it was a split, even though one of the games was in overtime, it's a, it was a very encouraging two games. Yeah. And especially in that first game, they definitely looked like you said, they looked more like themselves. Uh, I, from what I can remember, I know the Alex Limoge goal was off of a rebound. I believe I believe Berger's game-tying goal at the end of the third was also a rebound, and then Blake Gober's was yeah. uh, a rebound as well. So that that's that got back to kind of their um, philosophy of just getting pucks on net and crashing the net and letting good things happen. So it was good to see them get back to what they know they can do well. Um, on the flip side, things, like we said, didn't go quite as well on Saturday. Probably, it, I mean, it's it's hard to really know how much of an impact it really had on the guys. I know... Um, Gagadowski touched on it, um, kind of the impact of the football team losing because it, it is Penn State and it does revolve around the football team uh, as much as 
the hockey team's popularity is growing. So just kind of a deflated atmosphere. Um, they just never really got much going, lost by a final of 5-2, like we said. Um, uh, Kate or... Okay, I always want to call you Kate, but I know you prefer Div, so I'm going to really try to force myself to do that. Uh, Div, do you have any thoughts on that second game? Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it much because I was too busy uh, crying for <laughs> 10 hours. Uh. That's my excuse every time I'm not watching hockey. <laughs> it, do- it doesn't even matter if there was a football game beforehand. It, I think I was broken up with. Like I was, <laughs> I was so. Um, but I did. I got. I, I read the recap because you know Doug's fun and great, and uh, it was just it was tough because like Penn State just didn't seem like themselves. Of course, I I didn't get to watch the game, um, so I I can't really have a real opinion about it but when it comes to like what i read uh in the in the article it just seemed like they were just not doing the things that they normally do like they did uh in the previous game so like i mean only two goals is kind of strange um i wasn't really sure of how well they played i wasn't really sure of how well um you know their their things that don't show up on a on a stat sheet kind of worked out during the game so i'm kind of a terrible source i'm the worst hockey beat person ever when it comes to this game, because I was wow. so the game, but um, yeah, I mean, it just—they didn't seem like themselves, and I think that it just attributes to how uh, talented Michigan is. Yeah, so. definitely. Right. That's that's what I was going to say is that I think Michigan just simply has—they just have better players, and Penn State's to, that Saturday's game was, I think, a crash course in how much better teams like Michigan really just are. Like Penn State doesn't have an answer for. Will Lockwood or Cooper Marodi or Dexter Danks or what's his name or the other guy or the other guy or Quentin Hughes or Josh Norris. Like Penn State has Dennis Smirnov, and then that's kind of the only guy of that caliber. And I think, you know, Penn State's capable of winning, but also just as often they'll have just a 5 2 uninteresting game result. And as another unfortunate side effect from that series, a trio of Penn State players did pick up injuries during the weekend. Uh, those being Andrew Sturtz, um, who has Brandon Byro, and who's the third one? I, is my Kevin Kerr has been Kevin out Kerr. for a couple weeks, but yes. St- yeah, Sturtz and Byro, I think, got injured Friday night. Yes, and we don't have any um, any firm updates on uh, any of those guys yet, so uh, hopefully we'll learn more about that as we approach the uh, next series, as we approach Mercyhurst, but uh, we shall see. Um, no moving- oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, you're never gonna. He's never gonna uh, let us know. Yeah, we'll, exactly. Yeah, you're lucky if you hear upper body injury. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the Bill Belichick of college hockey, that guy Gadowski. <laughs> um, so as a re- also as a result of the Michigan series, uh, just some updated rankings here. Penn State now at 29th in the pairwise, which of course the rankings that. Uh, pretty much decide the NCAA tournament at the end of the year, and they currently sit at number 17 in the USCHO poll. All things considered, after that um, train wreck of an AIC series, could be worse, right? Yeah, could be worse. I mean, Penn State, the, the win over Minnesota, and it looks like the loss against AIC, who I think, let me check, Minnesota is... is uh. Oh, it's a bad podcasting here. They're 18th in the pairwise. AIC is 57th, which is fourth last. Oh. 
And so I guess they kind of canceled each other out, the win you know, or the splits against each of those teams. So that's how Penn State ends up in the middle. Hey, that's I'm good with that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of hockey to play. I'm, I'm good with kind of like I'm good with Penn State football's position in the rankings right now for college football playoff. It's, it's, they're <laughs> in a position where they can still, still make moves if everything goes um, right. And one of the reasons that things could go very right from here um, is helped by the return of Evan Barrett, who we got a really good look at. Um, especially, I know I didn't get a chance to watch the Saturday game either, actually, but he looked pretty great in the Friday series. Uh, Div, what did you notice from him? Um, he's he's a talented forward. I mean, he's he creates shots. He creates plays. Um, he just does everything that you would expect from um, an NHL prospect. And having him on the team, even though he's a freshman, I think will bode very well, uh, especially if he continues to play on the first line. Um, just he's he fits the role pretty well in this system where you know you need to set up shots all the time you need to continuously throw the puck in the net I feel like he's a guy that will do that and having him on the team will you know have a great effect especially with uh, the loss of Sturts if he's going to be out for a while because we don't know when he's coming back but having him back I think is very 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 good as a hypothetical Doug because I know we talked about this a little bit I think during the Friday game and the slack um, do you think the best place for Barrett is on that top line, or would you rather see someone else up there? Well, uh, it depends what you mean well, by top, top line top being line. relative, of course. Yeah, with with yeah, his current I mean, his current line. Oh yeah, I I, I know we kind of discussed it, but just the I mean, the line we're talking about Limoges, Barrett, and Folks. I think I mean that was the best line in the entire game on both teams in that Friday night game. So I, yeah, I think you don't really uh, change a good thing, even though, you know, I am curious what Bear could do playing next to Smirnov or playing next to Sturtz, but that trio was just so good. And what uh, additionally, what surprised me the most about him is that, you know, you hear so much about this very skilled, complete player prospect coming in, but, you kind of expect to see flashes of what he can do, at least in his second game. But, I mean, every he he looked so comfortable in every single thing he did. Yeah. The, the deeks he tried, he, you know, was pulling them off. He plays on the, I still don't know the name for it, but like the corner of the umbrella on the power play, and just was just so comfortable with guys pressuring him. He knew where to pass it in an instant, and yeah, I mean. Like Div said, if if some of Penn State's players are injured long term, it's it's a miracle Barrett's back because he can he can replace really anybody. I know we talked before the season about the impact that we thought the freshman could have on this team, and I, I mean our our expectations were fairly high for Barrett, um, and I know you were really high on Lamoge, and I was really high on Holtz, but I have those three. I mean I know Barrett we've only seen a little bit, but have those three kind of surpassed the expectations you had for him before we started, Doug? Uh, yes. I mean, Limoges and Barrett haven't scored too much, but I think as far as the eye test goes, they're yeah, they both fit in a lot better than than I think many people expected. And then in Holtz's case, I didn't have as high expectations as I think you may have, and he's he's absolutely blown my expectations away. It's, as Div pointed out before we started recording, he's second on the team in points. And 
yeah, I mean, Holtz looks terrific out there, as do as do the other two freshmen. Yes, my dear, my dear, sweet Cole Holtz, just just <laughs> just doing everything. Um, so, one of the things that we saw a good amount of this weekend um, was a lot more work on the power play for Penn State, and while it hasn't been perfect, it's been kind of one of the one of the driving forces behind the success that they have had this year. Um, so, I mean, moving forward, what what do you think we can expect from Penn State on the power play this year? Do we think that it can be um, – do we think that it can get better from here, or do we think it's pretty much where it's at, or we do for some regression? Um, what What is – what's the future of the power play for this team right now? Um, Div, we'll go to you first. Um, so right now the power play – I think we have, what, seven or eight goals on the power play right now? Um, which is decent, I think. Um, I think the power play has played uh, pretty well so far. Um, there was a little bit of a drawback. I think it was the second game of the Michigan series where they went, I want to say... So do you remember for six. Oh, for six, yep. Yeah, it was just... Again, like I said, it was uncharacteristic of them because normally the power play is pretty good. Um, so I think, I think the power play... I mean, of course, it, everything can always get better. But I think right now the power play is, you know, saved the performance it had against the second game in Michigan. I think it's been playing very well, and I expect it to continue playing very well. Um, I think it'll hurt with starts off the ice, of course, um, but I, I don't expect it to really, you know, regress too much. Doug, if Sturts, if Sturts does end up missing um, any amount of time, who do you think takes his place on the power play? Um... Let's see. Probably, I'm trying to think who isn't already on it. I think Liam Folks doesn't already play on the power play, and I think he's a guy. Yeah, he'd he'd probably be my top pick to step in and uh, be a guy who who will shoot a lot in at Sturt's position. Yeah, he de- he's definitely been he definitely has not been shy about firing the puck in. That's definitely been um, a positive for Folks so far this year. Something though that has not been much of a positive for Penn State so far this year is the goaltending. Um, Doug, can you touch on, I mean, what, I mean, is the goaltending, has it actually been worse this year, or is it just a product of um, the defense not playing as well? What What's kind of going on with Peyton Jones and um, the one game of Chris Funky? It's, uh, it's more of the second thing you said. Um, the defense has kind of given up. For mo- for most of the game, on on almost every situation, D- Penn State's defense and the goalie are doing like exactly what they need to do, and that's how they they stop most of the shots. But then, like five times a game, there's just an absolute disaster, and they give a breakaway or a two on one, or there's a turnover to a guy alone in the slot, or Jones just doesn't see the puck, or there's just a complete whiff somewhere on the play. And so, overall, I think the defense and Jones and that game of Funky have been solid, but they're still prone to just massive mistakes, and that's how Penn State's allowing almost three and a half goals a game. Yeah, there have been a. It seems like there have been a lot of uncovered guys that just have been just sitting in front of the net. I know, especially. Um, I think I think it's one of the AIC goals that I'm thinking of. There was somebody who was just all alone in front of the net without being touched for like 
a full three seconds before they got the puck and buried it easily. So um, it's the those lapses, uh, while they haven't, like you said, they haven't been consistent. It, they've been sparse, but they've they've been pretty bad when they have happened for sure. It happened with Minnesota too. I remember yeah. there were there were two goals where a Minnesota player literally sat in front of Peyton's net for at least five or six seconds where he was completely untouched and unguarded. Like he was just all alone while the puck was like sliding behind the net. And that just, it's like a, a complete, you know, botch in coverage. And it just, it's odd that you would just let a guy, especially a Minnesota forward who they're, they're pretty, you know, good to just sit there in front of the net and to do that same thing with AIC too, even though they're not as talented as a team. I mean, you're going to give a guy that much space. He's going to score. So that needs to really be taken care of. Absolutely. And the AIC game winner, it was a, a two-on-two, but Gobitz and the forward he was covering were kind of away from the play. So it was a one-on-one, really. And Malari tried to like just skate backwards, and he just fell. And it's just like it's just a combination of, of bad plays and then just awful luck where a, a college hockey player just accidentally forgets how to skate for a second. And that gave the AIC guy a breakaway and, and the game winner. So it's it's just, yeah, it's complete meltdowns or it's just bad luck. And that's really been a problem. And kind of on the topic of those meltdowns, it seems like a lot of them have come late in the game, especially in the third period. And Div and Doug, I know you got... Wow, that sounds really nice when you say it, Div and Doug. I know you guys were talking. <laughs> I know you guys were talking before we started recording about some of these trends that you've been noticing um, with the goals by period for Penn State, uh, as opposed to what their opponents are doing, um, um, as well as shots on shots for period. I know it's a little harder to dig up, but um, what I mean, what have you, what were you guys noticing about some of those um, some of those trends that we're seeing? Um. I noticed right away what was pretty glaring was uh, in the first period, um, Penn State usually peppers the the other team's goalie pretty heavily. Um, but at the same time, uh, right now there are opponents that are, or Peyton has made 103 saves in just the first period. And Penn State is way behind that with, you know, throwing 49 shots on goal against the, the other team's goalie. So I no, That's just, reversed. Sorry, excuse me. I think so. Is yeah, it? I think that, so. That yeah. Saves See, it saves. Period. Yeah. Uh, I, yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Speed. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me start this again. Penn State's very good at shooting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. God, wow. I really can't read. Anyway, so <laughs> forget everything I just said for the past minute and a half. Fire me. Um, yeah, Penn State definitely is. They come out, like I told Doug, they come out swinging. And they, <laughs> they, they, uh, they pepper the other goal, e, uh, with shots. So like they come out, they'll throw, like 103 shots again on net, and the other team does half of that. And then you'll see um, the trend usually goes. They they start out really really strong, and then the trend goes in the second period. They're 30 shots less than that. And in the third period, they kind of pick it back up again, which is really good because the third period's, you know, not a place uh, when you want to become lackadaisical. But that second period, it just seems like they really, really drop off. Um, and other other teams are they're in, they're in that same ballpark with seventy five shots on net. But like 
when it comes to Penn State and their style of play, they, they like to throw shots on net as often as they can and then come up into the crease and try to get a rebound on net. So just seeing that huge just drop-off, it's, it's, it's strange because, you know, Penn State hockey, especially if you go watch it in, you know, Pagula, it's, it's very exciting in that first period. I mean, Doug pointed out that the shots are usually like 18 to 5 or 18 to 6 in favor of Penn State. And then the second period, it's just kind of like that, that same trend isn't happening. So, I mean, it's it's a strange trend, but I think it's it's interesting to watch. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's odd how it correlates too to the goals by period because. Right, it, I was just looking at that. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't. Yeah. Exactly, Penn State outshoots its opponents by a mile in the first and third periods, and the and it shoots the same amount in the second period. But Penn State gets outscored in the first and third periods and is outscoring its opponents pretty comfortably in the second. I, I can't imagine why that is, unless it's just a too small of a sample size in only eight games. But it is, that, is, that is bizarre how that's turned out. And I told I, Doug this before the recording, too. Like, it's, I don't... To, to see that sort of trend happen... It's it's very confusing and almost frustrating because you're seeing all these chances go on to net and you, you don't know. And I told him this. I was like, May, we need to start paying attention to if these chances, all 103 of these chances are, are decent shots or if you know Penn State's just frantically throwing the puck at net just to get uh, the shots on goal tally up. And I mean, I for one, and I know this goes against uh, Penn State's, you know, I guess personality, but. I kind of, as a hockey fan, prefer, you know, high percentage shots rather than just, you know, throwing uh, a shot whenever you can. I think Doug pointed out that, that Holtz does this pretty often. He'll he'll just snipe one whenever he feels like it, whenever he's open. And I feel like you could easily, you know, pass the puck around and uh, get better spacing and, you know, have a, a better um, uh, scoring opportunity set up rather than just hurling 103 shots on on net in the first period and I guess I mean it might be shown in like the second period where they they have 76 shots or 75 shots on net and it's it's they're outscoring their opponents by by four in that period so maybe you know they they finally calm down after the excitement of the first period stops and they finally you know pass the puck around and seem like they they want a higher percentage scoring opportunity or, or want to set up something a little better rather than rather than um, just throwing it on net whenever they feel like it. Okay, so I feel like I just learned two things in there. One, uh, Div just volunteered to do the football equi- or the hockey equivalent of snap counts, and she's going to track every single Penn State shot uh, from here <laughs> on out and tell us exactly what they were and what happened. So that's great. Thanks. Um, and then I also learned that Div is a Cole Holtz hater, so I don't know. She might not be allowed back on the podcast <laughs> after this. Not a hater. I just want him to be smarter. <laughs> uh, he's he's beautiful and perfect, and don't you ever insinuate that he is anything otherwise. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, like like we were saying, the correlation between the shots and the goals is odd, um, and maybe it maybe it does have something to do with. Um, like Dave, you were just saying, maybe in that second period they do um, look for a little more quality looks as opposed to just firing on net. Um, but I think the thing 
and, and we're going to get into what surprised us or what has surprised us so far this season. I think for me, it's how Penn State has looked in third periods this year. Um, they looked good against Michigan in that first game. They obviously they came back and forced overtime, but overall, it's been, I mean, pretty inarguably their weakest period um, in a full season sense. And for a team that, from what I remember, just thrived in the third period last year, pulled off so many big wins because of their work in the third period, that is both surprising and a little bit uh, concerning for me. Um, but I think there's also lots of positive takeaways, uh, positive surprises for this year as well. Uh, Doug, I know you have a couple you want to point out, or at least one you want to point out. Um, yeah, so... I was thinking of what really has been the biggest surprise through eight games. And I think the biggest one for me is like Brett Murray is good after, after being, after really doing like nothing at all. in I think 12 games last year, he's looked like beyond solid, maybe like maybe not great, but not no longer liability. And that's awesome. If you can have a six, four NHL draft pick, flying around out there i mean that's you know you'll always take as many of those as you can so it's good that he's kind of gotten accustomed and another thing that surprised me just a minor stat thing i was looking at of course now i lost it i don't know where it is um the shot leaders on the team it's not anyone you'd expect or like last year it was pedri and you might think that oh maybe cole holtz is up there this year no, the leaders on the team are Nate Susie's and Liam Folks. It's not Berger or Smirnov or Sturtz or uh, or Holtz or Audio or anyone like that. It's uh, or Trevor Hamilton. It's Susie's and Folks, and I think that if there is something to take away from that, it's that uh, Penn State's depth, and I consider those probably their second and third lines where where those two players play. They're shooting the puck a lot, and uh, I don't know. I just think that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Div, how about you? What surprised you so far this year? Um, it's so early that I, I want to say, I want to say Peyton Jones, but I know why he hasn't been that great as well. So it's I'm teetering on whether or not I think Jones is has regressed from last year, or if he's just suffering from like a really lacking defense in front of him. Um, but other than that, I, I'll piggyback off of the Brett Murray thing. Um, he was so, so he, <laughs> you mentioned him as a liability and that's like the best way to explain him. Um, just like things would just go very badly whenever he <laughs> was on the ice last year and he's playing significantly better this year. And I don't know if it's surprising or if it's just relieving that, you know, an NHL draft pick is finally playing like, you know, an NHL a draft pick. Um, the only thing is he is still like a minus four and plus or minus on the ice. But he's he's still playing decently enough that he is not a liability anymore. And I think that's great. Um, well, other than that, surprises, I'm not really all that surprised yet. Um, other than just how poor the defense has played. I mean, it's not that they're terrible, but they could play definitely better. Yeah, yeah, so Brett Murray's a, a big goal-scoring winger who has zero goals in 19 career games, but he's still, you know, he's getting better. I, I'd say moving on from liability to 
someone we can comfortably talk about positively on the podcast is a good, a very good first step for him. Um, so kind of in the same vein, um, being that individual surprises can often fuel something like what we're about to talk about, um, have your preseason predictions for what this team uh, was going to be changed at all? I know we, we kind of touched on this last week as well after the uh, American International loss or American International Series um, and, of course, the Minnesota split. But now that we just have another data point um, and now that Div is joining us for the first time, we'll start with you. What... I mean, ha- have these first eight games affected what you thought this team was going to be before the season started yet? A little bit. Um, I I had not super high expectations coming into the season, but I did expect Penn State to, you know, continue to hold their ground and, and prove that they're not just this new team that's getting lucky occasionally and doing this weird system where they play with speed rather than with poise and blah, blah, blah. What all the other haters decided to say last season about this team. Um, But I did predict them to, and I guess this might be because of like injuries maybe, but I did predict them to play a little bit better, especially like I wrote the preview for the AIC um, game and it's just to see that they split that series was kind of deflating to me. Because I, I really felt that they were going to, you know, take care of ASC without any issues. Um, especially, like, with how ASC is, like, terrible when it comes to uh, taking penalties and how good Penn State can be. on, And that just wasn't evident in that, that series. Um, I'm worried about the Big Ten. Um, Minnesota is very good, of course. Um, I don't know how well they're going to fare in that tournament, uh, depending on who they get. And when it comes to the NCAA tournament... Um, I'm very worried about that because, uh, I mean, last year we we finally got our first berth, and I was expecting this this next season, especially with the returns of Sturts and uh, Berger and Smirnov and all those really great forwards. I expected them to, you know, re- not not drag their team into the the um, tournament this year, but you know, walk into it with you know a little more confidence and a little uh, more. Uh, I don't want to say poise, but a little. Like it, it wouldn't be surprising for them to make the tournament, and now I'm I'm kind of worried about where they'll be uh, later in in winter. So, I mean, I it's still early. I, there's still a lot of hockey to be played. There's still a lot of uh, uh, Big Ten games that I I want to see how uh, Penn State matches up against. One of them being like Notre Dame. Um, I want to see how they play against them. But I, I don't know. Like it's very early, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm, was I really wrong to be? so uh confident in this 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 team coming forward um yeah i mean we'll see what happens hopefully you know things go well we don't get another terrible aic split um and we can we can go on from there doug is this is this team better or worse than last year's team or i mean it's it is only eight games in so it could, it could also be too early to tell what do you think uh, um, yeah, Div posed this question earlier, and I think it's a really interesting one. I think that right now, from what we have seen, at least before the Michigan series, I think this is a worse team, which surprised me because most of the team from last year is coming back, and you know, not too many freshmen were integrated into the lineup. So, but so far, in the first six games, I think it was a worse team. 
Michigan hopefully can prove to be a turning point, and I think that this team definitely has a higher ceiling. Maybe not, you know, that doesn't mean that they'll win the Big Ten tournament or make the NCAA tournament, but I think just how they play, I think this team absolutely can, and I think it will end up just being better than last year's, even if it has maybe worse results. Early on, who do you think is the biggest loss from last year's team? What's up? Sorry. Oh, I was saying early. I mean, no, I know it's early, but um, who do you think so far has been the person that they miss most from last year's team? Hmm. I'd say Pedri. Yeah, yeah I was going to say Pedri as well. Yeah. Because of the defense and how not good they've been. He's He was just so good for the, the blue line, and not having him has definitely taken its toll. Yeah, I agree with that. I was also thinking about Ricky DeRosa, um, mm-hmm. who brings from, from some uh, defense from from the forwards. Yeah, yeah, just curious. Moving on, Penn State will attempt to try and continue the good vibes that they were able to grab from that Michigan series, even though it did end in a loss. Uh, and they'll be taking on the two two and two um, Mercyhurst fighting Hursts, whatever they are. Um, so the far Lakers. This year, oh, that's right, Lake, the Lakers. Lake Show. <laughs> um, so far this year, um, they have tied Holy Cross twice. They split with Ferris State, and they split with Bentley, um, all three of which I absolutely definitely know where they are in the world. Um, so far this year, they have a 2.7 goals for per game, a 2.2 goals against. Um Penn State, for the record, sitting at 3.4, both in goals for and against. Mercyhurst currently sits at number 42 in the pairwise. Doug, we'll start with you. What do we need to know about um, the Lakers? Um, I know next next year they'll be getting uh, LeBron James, so we'll know a little more about him next year. But uh, <laughs> what do we know about him right now? Look at him in two years after he goes to the Sixers next year. But... Um... <laughs> I'm wondering if anyone's ever unironically called them the Lake Show. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I was I was looking at some of the players. I mean, this is obviously they, you know, have two wins coming into the Penn State series, so they're better than AIC was. But this appears to be, on the surface at least, another bad team. Um, Div pointed out before we started recording their goalie, Brandon Wildung. It looks pretty good. He's Wild played in every dung. game. Dun, dun, wow. <laughs> Not playing like Dung, but um, I'll leave now. Nice, nice. <laughs> and that's the end uh, of the show. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was right there. I'm sorry, Doug. He's your very intelligent thing. Well, you know what I was going to say before Nick, uh, or when, when Nick asked me this question, I was going to say that a loss to Mercyhurst would really hurst. <laughs> so, oh my god so the goalie's played in every <laughs> game and he sees 2-2-2 two, two, and two. he is a 2-13, <laughs> 2. 2.13 goals against average and a 9.33 save percentage that's all really good um, and the team's giving up 2.2 goals against per game so they, you know, their defense well it's hard to tell actually if their defense is good or if Holy Cross, Ferris State and Bentley are just trash which actually I think we know that they are. Um, 
They have one NHL draft pick on the team, and that's the backup goalie, and he's probably bad. According to Elite Prospects, they have two captains, two guys wear the C. I don't know. What? That's pretty much most of my scouting report there. <laughs> um, I'd like to touch on defenseman Lester Lancaster for the sole purpose that that's a fantastic name. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a very Pennsylvanian name. It is It is the ultimate. Well, no, not the ultimate Pennsylvania name, but uh, that is a fantastically PA name for sure. Um, Where is from? If you say Lancaster, I swear to God. <laughs> no, I feel like if your last I feel like if your last name is the town that you live in, you're required to move. Like you can't you can't stay there. I, I feel like okay. yeah, that's like a Middle Ages ass naming custom. <laughs> okay, it's he's from. Oh my God, I I don't even know where to. Lester Lancaster, I'm gonna, son. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on our little note thing. Look at this, and you guys try to pronounce this. It's uh, at the right, bottom I, there. I call first. Okay. Uh oh man. Um. <laughs> which letter is silent? <laughs> um. Uh, I'll say it's. I'll say it's Silanti. I'll say it's Silanti. I want to go with Yip Slanty. Yip Yip. Say Everything is. If we know if we know anything about places that sound like they're in Russia, is that you pronounce every single word, or every single letter? Sorry. Yeah. Wait, this is in Michigan. Yeah. How... I need to know. Or, I don't know. It's in the state that the postal code MI. For for the record, for those of you uh, watching the podcast at home, and uh, are there, your screen probably isn't showing this part. Um, it is spelled Y P S I L A N T I. So, yeah. Ypsilanti. Lester Lancaster from Ypsilanti, Michigan. <laughs> That's there. You go. Key player right there. Key matchup. Shut him, yeah, I, Shut him down. Shut him down. Yeah, Penn State's got he's this. also leading the team in scoring. That's <laughs> we can also discuss that. <laughs> he's got, I think, a goal and five assists. He's the only point per game player on their team. Um, he's also from Ypsilanti. Can I just say that I'm very worried about Wildung in goal? Um, I don't know why, but him being good, at least being point nine three three save percentage, does not make me feel good things. And I feel like he might be an issue, at least in one of these games. And I don't like that I'm feeling that way. Do you think yeah. that... Um, so the other the oh. other captain... Uh, so the two captains being Derek... Derek Barrick? What the hell? What are these names? <laughs> 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 Alright, so, so we have Captain Derek Barrick and we have Captain Jack Riley. I mean, there. I mean, clearly there's like Jack Sparrow signs that are going to be up at, right. at the Mercyhurst home. What? What is this? This is two weeks in a row of just absurd, or not two weeks in a row, two podcasts in a row of just absurdly named human beings. Who was it last week? It was because we didn't record last week, so we recorded before the um, the AIC series and um, uh, oh what crap! Well, they had a few really good names because they're all from um, oh Eastern right, they're Europe, all from but, Norway. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't remember who it is. There's someone with a really good name. Um, More like Norwegian International College. Yeah. Oh, I think it was. Or it was the goalie. What was the goalie's name? Um, it was similar to oh, Scott. It was like Zeb Zebedias or something. Yeah, it was like Zebedias and then Skag or something. Yeah, like Zebedias Skag or something. Oh, it was, was Zacharias. It was, he was he was Zach Swedish. Zacharias Skag. Zacharias yeah. Skag. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Although I think. I, we we may have to track this now going forward. Which team has the best names? I think Lester Lancaster and Captain Derek Barrick definitely put <laughs> definitely put Spursy Hurst on the top. Oh, yeah, God. they're they're number one in our in our uh, our pairwise. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. What's what's gonna happen in this series? Uh, Div, you go first. What's gonna happen? See, I'm I'm worried to say what I did with AIC whenever I was super confident and yes, that was I, your fault. It was all my fault. Like <laughs> I should never write another word about Penn State hockey ever again. But um, God, I I want to say that they're gonna sweep because you know Mercyhurst played nobody this year so far, and they're two two and two or whatever they are. Um. <sighs> Whatever. Let's just say they sweep because they should sweep. And if they don't sweep, I'm just getting mad. Um, but like I said, I'm worried about their goaltender because he's, at least on paper, he seems decent. So who knows? Maybe they won't sweep because I, I want them to again. And my life is sad. Who knows? Okay. So Div's prediction is they might sweep, they might not. Got it. Doug, how about you? <laughs> and, and either way, we'll be sad. Um,. <laughs> There's this, uh, there's this um, Bo Burnham bit that I think is really funny where he talks about like words that have never been said in sequence. And I think Mercyhurst ain't played nobody is one of those <laughs> phrases that no one's ever said before. Um, I think it's really hard not to pick a sweep here. Uh, as Div said, the goalie is off to a really nice start this season. But, you know, maybe he has one good game, but I don't think that's enough to win. So I, you know... Maybe a close game to start the series. Maybe, uh, maybe the goalie comes in and has a good game, and Penn State wins like three-two. But then I think Saturday, after we beat Michigan State in football by by 150 points, Penn State wins in hockey. Over. You know, yeah, uh, Penn State wins like five-one. I don't think uh, one of these games I think has to be a blowout for Penn State. Lord have mercy, Hurst. Penn State, 8-2 aggregate in two games. That's my prediction. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so the last thing before we go, uh, I think it's really important that we continue our conversation from the last podcast about what North Dakota hockey recruiting Twitter could possibly look like. And in the search of trying to further our research somebody somebody's mic is going crazy right now but that's okay we're gonna power on um in my search to further this discussion i actually found a angry michigan fan from april 7th 2011 tweeting that eight north dakota hockey players involved in recruiting scandal sources they have ex sources say they have accepted parkas beaver fur hats in return <laughs> for commitments and you know what that totally could happen Oh my god! <laughs> and then just to what prove to Marcus you, Marcus Beaver hats. Oh my! God. 
<laughs> just to prove to you also that it is not all just smack talk towards North Dakota, um, and that they, so so a lot of, uh, being that I cover Penn State football recruiting, a lot of Twitter around, um, oh my God, foot cramp, Jesus, okay, um, a lot of the conversation around Penn Penn State football recruiting is negative towards Penn State. So just to show that North Dakota hockey recruiting is in fact like everybody else, I found a tweet from actually 2017. It's from February 2017. It says, this UND hockey team is absolute garbage. Maybe recruiting a bunch of kids who can't skate isn't a great idea. Because that's what I think of when I think of North Dakota. Kids who can't skate. Right. That goes exactly back to what we were talking about last week. Like they're they're really like roasting these fifteen year olds. <laughs> I know it's. Uh, uh, I, I did do my best to try to find somebody actually tweeting at a fifteen year old, um, but was unfortunately unfortunately not fruitful in my search. Um, but we will continue because this is my new brand on this podcast. So. It's good to know. It's good to know that all parts of the recruiting world are equally as crazy as football. Equally horrific, yeah. Yeah, I think it's more fortunate that there aren't you know middle-aged men tweeting at fifteen-year-olds, telling them that they suck. No, just that we haven't found. Yeah, we we just don't know where they are yet. That hasn't been easy to find. (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps they're not even on Twitter. Perhaps they're doing this through like. Um, Instagram or MySpace or ma- <laughs> they're doing it by mail. Personally <laughs> written letter. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. We should we should go. This is <laughs> Yeah. This has been plenty. What a debut. Coming up coming up next week on uh, Roar Lions Radio the Puck Podcast, we uncover one of these mailed letters and read it on the air. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so let's run. Sports let's run through so a little bad. spiel here. Uh, make sure you follow Roar Lions Roar on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Um, we're at the interesting podcast time of year where, on any given week, you could have as many as two football podcasts, a basketball podcast, and a hockey podcast all coming right at you. So. Be sure to subscribe to make sure all of those uh, get to you in a timely fashion and you don't have to go searching for them. And if you le- if you get the chance, please leave us a, a nice review as well, um, preferably with five stars. But if you want to knock us down um, for Doug and Dib's terrible jokes in this episode, we understand. Um, to, but make sure you, uh, if you if you do enjoy the program, please leave us a review because that goes a long way to helping increase our hashtag brand. Um, but yeah, that's all. Puck Podcast will hopefully be back next week, uh, as long as scheduling works out like it did this week. Um, but any last, th- <coughs> excuse me, any last thoughts, guys? Yeah, if you're gonna leave a five star review, do that on iTunes. If it's gonna be less mm. than that, then we can set up a PO box and we'll just read them, <laughs> over, you know, in the mail. Yes, we <laughs> we accept all <laughs> sub five star. Uh, all fo- sub five star uh, ratings you can send directly to Douglas Leeson. Uh, we will publicize his address as soon as possible, and he will read them all on the air. I think yep. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I think my Do you have any thing last is, thoughts? I'm, oh, yeah. I'm gonna learn how to read. I think uh, <laughs> for next week. Um, clearly, that's that's a challenge for me. So, uh, 
going into next week, I think, uh, you know, language, doing some English, uh, doing some reading, I think, I think will be my homework. <laughs> good. It's, it's important to have goals. So it's, it's good that you, it's good that you have that. Um, oh, actually, one last thing I guess we forgot to mention, um, because college hockey and the NCAA hate you, yes, you, um, none of the games against Mercyhurst this weekend will be on television, Big Ten Network to go, or Big Ten Network Plus. So, yeah, follow RLR blog, and we'll try to give you updates as we watch the Game Changer. Um, or This is a home series, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yes. So follow our RLR blog so Doug can give you all those tasty updates as we move along in the games. Uh, for myself, for Douglas Leeson, for Caitlin Dividak, which is a fantastically fun name to say, thank you for that. Um, make sure you come back next week. Have a great night, and go State.